welcome to SolkanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to SolkanaCast, episode 31. I'm your host, Hannah Whitevin, owner and head coach at Solcana Fitness and Wellness. And I'm Lucia Holly, your other host, nutritional therapy practitioner, running my practice out of Solcana Wellness. You know it. Oh, yeah. And in the room is Petey McTavish, my dog, wearing a sweatshirt <laughs> of his own face. Oh, so meta. We should really post it yeah. on the page because if you don't come to the gym, <laughs> then you may not get treated to the joy that is a dog wearing a sweatshirt with a picture of his own face on it. It's a mascot wearing a mascot yeah, face. It's so special. It is. It's so great. He just got it today. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, he looks good. Yeah. So uh, welcome to the episode. We're talking about muscle today. Talking about muscle and muscle, mm-hmm. it's going to be great if you want to know how you can get your muscles big. This is an app for you. Get stacked. Get swole. Get ripped. Get ripped. Muscles all over your body. <laughs> That's my new R&B song. I like uh, it. So how was your week? Uh, week was, what did I do? Uh, week was just fine. Yeah. Week was nothing special. Um, but not bad, aside from the doom and gloom that is everywhere. Yeah, six <laughs> days since the inauguration, and yeah. so far everything has gone completely wrong. Yep. Really, really knows? quickly. Maybe like, podcast will be outlawed soon, so get it in while you can, folks. Yeah. This might be your last opportunity to listen to us as we enter the regime of public broadcasting being destroyed. Freedom of speech? No. No. Don't need it. Don't Too want liberal. it. Too liberal. Anyway, what if we what if we just stuck to like bro science? (laughs) Do you think then our podcast would work? Yeah, no real science, only bro science. Okay, well then here we go. Uh, yeah, dude, you get bigger muscles if you just like work harder, bro. Just ride that uh, gain train. Yeah, if you want to ride the gain train, man, you gotta have chocolate milk before and after you live. Well, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, that's where I'm at too. <laughs> I went to the women's march, which mm. was great. It was a little wet and windy out, but mm. it was much warmer in a sea of a hundred thousand people. Yeah, so craving. it was great. And I went with my with some friends who I just felt, you know, made me feel stronger. Cool. I went with our producer Taj. Yay, Taj. And we just, you know, worked it out. We screamed things. We yelled things. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any signs, but we read lots of great signs. That's awesome. Yeah, and we saw lots of great speakers. Yeah. Ilhan. Cool. Sweet. Working it. Hell yeah. Peggy Flanagan. Working it. Dope. Just great. Strong women in charge. So, oh. you know, trying to, like, hold on to the little things, move from day to day, and pretend like everything is normal. Yeah. That's what I was talking about with my friends last night is like, because I was starting to feel super overwhelmed with everything. Yeah. And I was like, let's just look at the little things, the tiny things, like even between friends or like people that you pass by on the street that you can smile at. 
who will maybe smile back at you. Yeah. The tiny there's, kindnesses. There's lots of opportunities for action. Yeah. And then in between those actions, there's got to be some semblance of your own personal normality, like whatever joy you can find. Because people, that's when people go crazy is when they can't have their normal routine or stability because yeah. it's so rocked. Right. People, you know, like who already are dealing with so much oppression in the U.S. and can't find some like semblance of normalcy because they just don't have it because nope. their life doesn't feel normal. No. So if you have any opportunity to bring some moments of happiness to your own life or to someone else's life, mm -hmm. that's a great way to also combat yeah. the overwhelming loneliness that is the Trump administration after yeah. six days. Yeah. At any level, those kindnesses matter. Yes. Yeah. So politics aside, if you just unsubscribed, <laughs> bye, bye. Bye, bye. And if you just subscribed, welcome. Hi. <laughs> I mean, hey, what's up? What's up, man? Hey. This is our bro podcast. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about muscles today, and that is, luckily, you can grow muscle no matter who's president. Yeah. It's up to you, not it's surprise. up to you. But you have to sleep a little bit. In order to grow muscle, you have to have a good sleep routine. So just saying... Just saying, recovery is part of the process. Recovery is part of the process. So yes, it is. Find a way to do it. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about it. Do you have anything else from from last week with our ep from with Sarah Super, which was the best? It was amazing. Such a good episode. Yeah, I was reflecting a lot on that episode and what we talked about, and kind of like the um, cascade of other other important related subjects from yes. that a lot um, or the last week, especially the day of. Um, not so much from the podcast side of things because we didn't do a challenge with Sarah. It was mostly right. just talking about um, trauma-sensitive yoga and creating spaces that foster that. So, Yep. Excited to move forward with that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about muscles then. Let's what you got it. for me, Loosh? All right. What you got to say? I'm going to be bebopping around all over the place different subjects relating to okay. muscles. So, um, because I we had an episode called Protein and Pull-Ups. If you haven't listened to it, go find it in go our back. archives. It's like episode two. Yeah, it's a very, uh, it was an OG episode. Hopefully you can hear us. <laughs> <laughs> we had some problems. <laughs> um, but yeah, in that episode, I talk a lot about protein and how that relates to muscles. So that can be a nice starting point for anyone to catch up on some general protein wisdom. Um, but on top of that, what I'm going to talk about today, talk a little bit about muscle cramping, electrolytes. Ooh, cramping. Cramping. <laughs> muscle soreness. Hey. Yep. How that works. And then also how can we maintain and grow muscle mass from a dietary standpoint? Hey, great. I'm yeah. going to talk about it from a fitness standpoint. Love it. Dang. It's like we planned it. No. <laughs> okay. So... Um, a big point I want to make about muscle cramping is that we need to be taking into account our electrolyte balance in our body. So first step with that is making sure that we are hydrated. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us go about our day and we're under hydrated. Um, I think dehydrated is kind of a big scary term. So there's like a spectrum right. of hydration. That's like uh, go to the hospital <laughs> yeah. if you're truly dehydrated. Right, right. And then you can also be overhydrated, which is very serious. Um, so right. we're talking about <laughs> also the going to the hospital. Yeah, we're talking about the middle of the spectrum being well hydrated or being um, a little bit under hydrated. So we need water to be coming in. It's going to have a huge effect on our joints, going to be lubricating them, going to be helping our muscles um, and the electrical activity happening in our body. So our whole nervous system. 
in addition to hydration, though, we want to be thinking about which electrolytes are coming in. So we're getting in sources of magnesium, sodium, and potassium. Um, I think a lot of people already know about different electrolyte drinks, right? Yeah, can Gatorade, yep. Powerade. There are different tablets that you can put yeah. into drinks like Noon and you you yeah. N U U N and is a popular ones you one. Can chew for like runners, bikers, that type of stuff. Yep. So those can all have their place. Definitely would want to look at the quality and the ingredients that are making those up. Um, but what I recommend for people is a looking at how much water you're getting in and then changing that. Usually bumping it up if needed. Starting your day off with water instead of caffeine or a caffeinated beverage. What? Ah! Just uh, getting that in before the coffee or before the tea. I've been drinking a glass of water, by the way. Nice. Before my coffee. And then in that glass of water, especially the first glass of water, put in a pinch of sea salt. So natural sea salt is going to have that sodium. It's going to have some different minerals. It dissolves really quickly. You drink it up. It's a very accessible way for your body to start to get in electrolytes without all the other added ingredients. Like and sugar. The cost, like sugar and artificial colors, like Gatorade, any of that stuff. We don't really need those. That's not really helping no. with the hydration side of things. Um, so if you're someone who's prone to muscle cramping, um, if you have a uterus and during your time of the month, things feel not so great with cramping that way. If you get muscle cramps in the gym and other um, muscles, if you get Charlie horses at Ooh. night or at any time of the day. <laughs> Just punch the microphone about Charlie horses. <laughs> no! no. Um, any of those can indicate that we need to be looking at that balance of electrolytes in mm -hmm. our system. So that's one point muscle cramping let's try to reduce that Kay. because if your muscle cramps up in the middle of a workout that's a bummer yeah you can't be working out your muscle literally like, saying like stop using me stop coach yeah, yeah uncomfortable like, yeah you do you actually do you, you do like, that's like, your muscle drink some water yeah eat that, a banana. that's your muscle sign that you were not quite prepared to be moving it in that way yeah and i like, always throw people coconut water good in that case yeah quick electrolytes yeah definitely um so muscle soreness, I want to talk about this too. So it's not, I was looking this up and I was surprised, it's not necessarily a buildup of lactic acid like we no. conventionally think. It's actually the microfractures in the muscle cells themselves. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I talked about that you in did. this episode called hypertrophy. And then I got confused about what lactic acid actually did well, we're in our muscles. About, we're going to talk about lactate today, so don't even worry well, about it. Well, here we go then. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's meant to be. Don't even worry about it. Um, so those microfractures are occurring in the muscle cells themselves, as I'm sure Hannah will continue to elaborate on. Um, this is going to happen when we're doing something that the muscles either aren't used to or we're moving in a way that is more strenuous for them. So something that is a new, stimu a new stimulus for them. Um, what to do about muscle soreness? Again, looking at electrolytes is going to be a great baseline. Also then looking at uh, more of a broad array of different minerals. So getting in something like a natural sea salt is going to have trace amounts of different minerals. Um, otherwise, you could be looking at foods that are going to be high in mineral content. Can you guess like what those would be? Spinach, kale, <laughs> broccoli, greens. Is this our bro podcast? Oh, no, this is like our like, California lady podcast. Oh, I made cow this morning with a uh, spinach puree on it, and then I drizzled it over carrots. Wow! And I had one serving, which was a quarter cup. But fat free, right? It's all fat free. <laughs> and I don't have coffee. I just infuse my essential oils with coffee extract. Wow! Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. I just smell it. And I'm totally fine. <laughs> Good to go. Yeah. <laughs> I sleep for 11 hours a day. Oh. And 11 hours a night. And then you do yoga for 11 hours, right? Yeah. Well, I'm 11. sleeping. Oh, it's a singing <laughs> anyway. Don't worry about it. Sloga. It's a secret. You have to pay for it. <laughs> Sloga. <laughs> How great would that be? Someone just doing yes. yoga for you when you're sleeping? I legitimately feel like I need that. That's like yin yoga, except to the extreme. Yeah, except for you'd have to be Bro, Sloga. out to not notice Bro, that. Sloga. <laughs> True. Sloga. 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 <laughs> um, great, 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 the foods that you listed, Hannah, those are great sources of minerals. We really want to no be looking at there. plants <laughs> because plants are grown in soil. You're going to be finding minerals in soil. The amount of minerals you're finding in different types of soil will vary. So it's not necessarily uh, that an organic vegetable or a local vegetable might have more mineral content. I would right. assume they probably would because people are paying attention to the quality of that soil meaning they're probably looking at the mineral content, but it's not something that you can necessarily choose for when you're looking at vegetables. So keep that in mind too. Anyway, back anyway. to magnesium and calcium. So for a lot of different minerals, um, they come in pairs. They kind of have like a buddy system. So magnesium and calcium are a pair. They like each other. They like each other. Calcium helps your muscles contract. Great. Magnesium helps your muscles relax. Well, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So when we think about... That's why you take that magne magnesium mm -hmm. bath. Mm-hmm. Keep that thought in mind, too. When we're thinking about ways to help our muscles be able to fully relax and be able to fully con like contract, too, we want to be looking at what is my magnesium and calcium balance? Am I getting in appropriate sources of both? And is my body able to actually absorb those nutrients from those food options? So... When people think about calcium, I think they usually think about dairy because that's what our culture pushes. Sure do. Dairy is fine for a lot of people. Dairy is not so great for a lot of other people, especially on digestion. So if you're not someone who's eating dairy, um, don't worry. You're getting plenty of calcium if you're eating those dark leafy greens. Gotta have that kale. Get the kale. Get the Brussels sprouts. Get the broccoli. Get spinach. You do you. Find one that you like, but get it in. Yeah. I'm currently really into arugula. Oh, really? Peppery. It's really nice. <laughs> I'm just kind of a broccoli person myself. Ooh. You can put my bags and steam them up, and then you yeah, just, they you know steam it up enough, and basically you barely have to chew it. You totes, just totes. swallow it and call it a day. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll eat the other thing that you like, and then go straight into some sloga. Yes, I'm so relaxed. Frozen broccoli is like my go-to veggie. There's always a whole lot of it in my freezer because it's yeah. super cheap. You so can get good quality broccoli. And it's really easy. You don't have to think about it. Yeah. Okay. So get in that calcium from Do those it. other sources, not just calcium from dairy or calcium from dairy that has been fortified with it because that can happen a lot too. We want those really um, authentic forms of calcium, if you will. So what I really like people to be focusing on is getting in enough magnesium because our bodies use our stores of magnesium really quickly, and most people tend to be somewhat deficient, if not quite uh, deficient in magnesium. Mm. So do that also with those leafy greens, but this is something where I often think it makes sense to be supplementing. Um, I do it, take my <laughs> magnesium subs every night. Yeah, you take magnesium supplements 
um, as oral supplements. And then you also, I know, will use some magnesium oil spray. I do. I love to spray that shit on me yeah. everywhere. So it absorbs. It good. It absorbs through your skin, and that's a great option if you feel like you have a specific muscle that you want to be targeting. Let's say you have, um, like, you tend to get Charlie horses in your left calf muscle. Then you could be spraying that muscle. Or if you're getting cramps and it's the beginning of your period, being able to spray um, around your kind of pelvic area can be hugely Mm -hmm. helpful where it absorbs directly into that muscle. Ugh, when I am, like, bound to be sore or I'm already dead sore, I take a bath with Epsom salt and I put in raw magnesium flakes. Nice. And then... After I get out, I immediately spray my entire body <laughs> H to T with magnesium oil. Yeah. It's got a weird, um, like film sort of thing to it, unless you got to rub it in really, really good. Yep. And then, don't put on clothes for like thirty minutes till it's totally absorbed, or it can leave sort of a weird feeling on your clothes. But yeah, so then you can just enjoy your day and go to bed and relax it's an oil spray so you are covering your body in oil and that can take a while to absorb just because of that and then it's also a it kind of leaves a salty residue afterwards so for some people you might see some white powder on your skin after the oil itself absorbs it's normal yeah it's normal it's totally cool i usually do it and then i i put another oil on top and that usually Mm. helps take care of the situation so smart you know i'm a double oil kind of person (laughs) double oil i'm awake for one hour a day oil my skin (laughs) then i go back to sleep and then go right back to that sloga okay so look at that balance of magnesium and calcium think about bringing in extra magnesium Especially if you are someone who tends to be stressed out or you're not really focusing on your recovery, our bodies are going to be using up a lot of that magnesium that we might only be getting in from foods. Right. And our bodies will shunt that magnesium towards managing stress, towards managing blood sugar levels if those are kind of fluctuating up and down really severely. So that physiological stress um, with the blood sugar or being in the gym or psychological stress if you're stressed out because of the world Aww. or because of work or family or anything. Magnesium, for most people, tends to feel pretty good. Yeah. Um, you always need to be doing, looking at your, doing research for yourself and figuring out if that's appropriate for you, but typically contraindications are if you have kidney issues for um, any issues with your urinary system. So. Okay, so if we're thinking about growing that muscle, a few more things to think about. Protein. Are you getting in enough dietary protein? I don't know. Yeah. Are you getting in quality dietary protein? Probably not. Are you chewing it? Half the time. Do you have enough stomach acid to break it down into amino acids and polypeptides? No, don't, don't push me into the corner. Yeah. Okay. If you don't know, go back to our stomach acid and strict strength. Sounds like it episode okay (coughs) learn about stomach acid and if that is something you need to be looking at again go back to our protein and pull-ups episode as well because i'll talk all about protein in its entirety anyway a good ratio you can look at for dietary intake of protein especially if you are someone who is working out is aiming to get um 0.7 to 1.25 grams of protein per pound of body weight that's kind of a decent range um 1.25 gram 1.25 grams is on the high end, in my opinion, especially if you are someone that has low stomach acid, so you're not fully digesting that protein you're getting in. Mm. So focus on that lower end, which is still going to be high protein. Um, For me, at like 175 pounds, that equals about 120 grams of protein a day, which is... It's pretty decent. Yeah, it's pretty decent. I have to try to get that amount. I have to be pretty aware of it. So quality of protein. Are you getting a 
nice array of different types of protein? Are you getting some vegetable protein? Are you getting protein from different types of animals? Could from be. eggs, from dairy, if you do drink dairy. That's what you want is looking at the variety so you get the full complement of different amino acids. Um, jumping to beets. We always be jumping to beets. <laughs> I just ate so many pickled beets last night. Ooh. So good. That sounds very refreshing. Yeah. My mom got them from the farmer's market. Love near it. Near where she lives. Yeah. So they're so good. Cute. Oh, yum. So beets, um, <laughs> I think beets are really interesting and you can do more research on them. They're great for helping produce appropriate bile, which is great to be breaking down um, any dietary fats that you're getting in. But another factor that's found in beets is their level of nitric oxide. Ooh. Yep. So the nitric Shit, Nox. The same stuff that makes cars go fast and fast and nefarious. Uh, sure. <laughs> bro science. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Power you like a car, bro. <laughs> the nitric oxide, for the most part, increases blood flow to our muscles. So if you want to do a little self-experiment, go get a whole bunch of beet juice from a co-op or a juice bar and then like down it before you come to work out and then tell me what you think uh, tweet me or something great. i don't know <laughs> oh yeah yeah I'm try that pre-workout beat yeah. juice <laughs> also hydrating yes right i bet you i could straight up drink that pickled beet juice oh yeah before a workout yep beet kvass is another option too yes yep so You're for so into that fermented beet juice <laughs> it's I pretty am. good it tastes like dirt water it's also um a salt ferment so there it's an electrolyte drink okay right okay. nature's gatorade that some people really don't like the taste of. Okay, cool. Um, it's like drinking rainwater that was filtered through a garden. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> um, next up is going to be omega-3 fatty acids. So fats you are... Know I got those on my subs. Yeah. Fats are a long-burning energy. Those omega-3s are great for um, ensuring we have proper inflammatory pathways and support. So if we're thinking about we're breaking down and we're creating those micro fractures, how do we help rebuild the cells so that they're ready for our next um, stressor, which is going to be our next workout? So omega-3s, what are those in, Hannah? Fish oil. Yes. And just fish in general? Yeah. Um, quality grass-fed beef is going to have higher levels of, of omega-3. I really thought you were going to say grass-fed fish. <laughs> I, I swear to you, I overheard someone at the co-op ask if their fish was grass-fed. Of course they did. And I died. I was standing there in line, <laughs> and the person working behind the counter was sort of like, what? <laughs> like, gotta and humor this. I looked at them. It was great. That's what a, really What cute. a great exchange we had. Aw. But they were so polite about it. They're like, oh, well, actually, they don't, none of them eat grass. Right. So, so no. <laughs> and here's what we have instead. Yes. Once I was in a store and I heard an older woman ask for a water crest. And the produce guy was like, oh, water crest? And she was like, no, 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 no. How the, dare you? I want the crest of the water. Yeah, she was offended. She's like, water crest. Please. Oh. I know what I'm talking about. Okay, so yes, omega-3 fatty acids is going to be found pretty easily in those different animal products. You can also find omega-3s in different um, nuts and seeds, especially like chia and flax. Um, walnuts are also a great source, too. Lastly, carbohydrates. Hey! Hey! <laughs> so carbohydrates are needed for that quick fuel. They're going to replenish 
um, the glycogen stores in our muscles themselves, which is what is going to be giving us a quick energy when we start to use the muscles. They also help keep our muscles hydrated. So when people go on like a ketogenic diet mm -hmm. and they lose weight really quickly in the first week or two, often that's water weight and that's not necessarily a problem, but what's happening is that they're depleting their muscle glycogen stores. That glycogen, and I can't remember the ratio right now, um, but the glycogen is holding on to water. So when okay. you deplete the glycogen, you're also reducing the water content in the muscle. Yep. Right? Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes. We're going to be talking about that too. Right, 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 right. So uh, I was going to talk about losing muscle mass from a dietary standpoint, but really it's just the inverse of all of that. So you're not eating enough protein. You're probably not eating enough food in general. You're not recovering. You're not taking care of yourself or you're not moving. So you're not working on creating those micro fractures so the muscles don't have a chance to grow. Hmm. Okay. Um, my challenge do the beet juice if you want to do that. I'm going to try it. Yeah. I'm going to get turnt before my workout on beet juice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or take an Epsom salt bath that has that magnesium in it, which is what Epsom, I mean, that's why you're buying an Epsom salt bath is because it has a magnesium, so you don't need to look for a special one. Or you could try buying magnesium oil spray. Both are great. Both are great. They really support recovery and they really support muscle. Both you can get like at Walgreens or like even the grocery store. Yep, grocery store. I Walgreens. found like a single, a single serving Epsom salt bag. Hey. Two cups. Yeah. At uh, yeah, Oxendale's grocery store. Love it. Tiny little bags. Super cute. Cute. Awesome. And then you're treating yourself to a bath. And you deserve it. You deserve it. Self care. You can go be kind to people because you're kind to yourself. Correct. Yay. Yay. All right, Hannah. Wow. Turn it over. Teach me. Uh, you know what? If you want more on basic muscle growth, you can listen to our hypertrophy episode. I'm going to kind of assume that you're a little bit on board with hypertrophy, which is muscle growth, uh, when we go into this app. So a main thing I want to answer is, why do some people have really big muscles, well-defined bulging muscles, mm. and other people don't, but they're still strong? What's the difference between a strong muscle and a big muscle? <laughs> Bulge. Bulge. <laughs> Bulge. What a Bulge. term. Uh, so that's kind of what I, I want to go to today. So I'll just give you a quick review. Cool. As you said, muscle breakdown re repair is what creates muscle. Mm -hmm. So if you damage your muscle and then you have repair through your myofibrils, if you're repairing Ooh. those, they can increase in thickness and number, which is going to increase the size of your actual muscle. It's also going to increase the strength of the muscle, too. But those things don't necessarily always look the same. Mm -hmm. Remember from the hypertrophy episode and from what Lisa just said, that only happens when you rest. It doesn't happen when you actually work out. You're not actually adding any sort of muscle to your body when you're physically working out. It happens in the rest period. Though you might see swelling, and active water retention in your muscle, a.k.a. the pump. <laughs> uh, that's temporary. That's not actually legitimate muscle growth. Though it can sometimes look real good. If you're about to go do a photo shoot, you might do, like, some rapid-fire push-ups to get the pump. Totally. Before you do it. Yep. Saying, if you're doing a photo shoot for your biceps. <laughs> uh, one under, other interesting thing that we didn't really talk about in the hypertrophy episode is satellite cells. So 
Satellite cells can add so much. <laughs> Am I a robot? Yes. <laughs> My satellite cells? Add more nuclei to the muscle cells oh. and therefore directly contribute to the growth of myofibrils. So muscle cells. That is so cool. Yeah, and the number of satellite cells that a person have will determine, like, how rapidly their muscles will grow. So that's why and some people, I mean, you could do the same workout next to somebody and... Uh, or you do exactly the same training cycle, exactly the same food, everything else. If that person has more satellite cells than you do, they might be able to recruit muscle growth quicker and have a better outcome. Is that genetically yes. based? Yes, unfortunately it is. Ah, well, hey. So you can't really modify your satellite cells. But yeah. and, and there's not a huge percentage of difference between the people who are, I think it was like, 26% versus 23% or something mm. of people who are have um, have slow growth versus very rapid growth, but mm -hmm. but it does make a big difference. Right. So that's why you might s see some people who seem like they're genetically freaks, <laughs> like, wow, that person grows muscles so fast, or they have muscle definition without even being athletic. Yep, I know a couple of those. Yeah, so those people have a really <laughs> quick way of recovering yeah. and, and building new muscle cell. Okay, the main point is this. Uh, there is a reason that there is a difference between a bodybuilder and a powerlifter mm. in terms of the way that their muscles appear to look. Mm -hmm. So I think we would, when you think of that, you would imagine that a powerlifter tends to be very strong, but maybe not look as strong as they are. Like if you think of a national uh, powerlifter that's like a, a woman in the 62 kilo class. Mm -hmm. She's pretty small and... The, you know, those those people might be still deadlifting upwards of 400 pounds. Mm -hmm. So well above two, three times their body weight. I saw a video of a woman yesterday, and it was probably just on Instagram. And she's probably very famous, and I don't know her name now. But she looks very unassuming. It's not like she has big, gigantic, um, bulging muscles. But she set up, and she did a 325-pound bench press. That's crazy. It's crazy. And, and then she got up and was like, la, 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 la. Yeah. Like, so you don't usually look at powerlifters who compete in the raw uh, categories who are not doing drugs that look very bulging mm -hmm. in terms of their muscle definition. But then you look at bodybuilders who you wouldn't consider as strong as powerlifters, and they are very bulging. They mm -hmm. have very defined muscles, and each of their muscles looks larger than a powerlifter. And they're just, are they, they're only doing that for aesthetics, right? Correct. Bodybuilding is an aesthetic sport. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's how, like, really the sport is based on how much symmetry can you have mm -hmm. and how well-defined can you even have small muscle groups, mm -hmm. which wouldn't be very useful for a powerlifter, but it's extremely useful in the bodybuilding world. And for some people, it's just what they want to look like. Sure. So if you're thinking about that, if you're thinking about getting bigger muscles, um, then you need to understand like what the difference is between those two body types. Mm. There's two mechanisms for muscle growth, muscle tension and metabolic stress. We've talked about this in the hypertrophy episode too. Yep. Muscle tension uh, is basically increased overload. Right. So adding more weight over time. And we have an overload episode too. What do you know? <laughs> so if you increase the amount of tension that your muscles go through, then you're going to increase muscle growth. Mm -hmm. If you cause metabolic stress, which is more like along the lines of swelling of the muscle, then you can also increase muscle. Mm. You could do both and see muscle change. Um, both of these things are going to cause muscle damage, which is what we were talking about earlier with that 
muscle breakdown, the feeling of being sore. Mm-hmm. Um, although we'll, we'll talk about soreness in a minute. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So let's talk about things from the powerlifter point of view. Skeletal muscles on the body contract when they receive a signal from motor neurons. So when you think about lifting a weight, when you think about tensing your body to initiate a deadlift, uh, your muscles will contract when they receive those signals. And the better you become at sending those signals, the stronger you're going to be able to get. Mm. So you'll be able to contract faster. You'll be able to increase the amount of load and the amount of tension that your muscles can hold for the period of time that you practice at, which might be like three reps, one rep. Athletes who tend to do those really repetitive movements, like powerlifters, for example, they're better able to activate those most motor neurons and contract their muscles. So they will have a slower and steadier rate of muscle growth, but they will actually recruit those muscles more effectively to lift heavier weights. So they will not necessarily look like their muscles have increased in size as dramatically as you'd imagine, mm-hmm. but they'll be able to lift a lot more weight. Right. Their, their strength will increase faster. Sure. Um, Bodybuilders, on the other hand, rely more on the idea of metabolic stress. So mm-hmm. metabolic stress is going to happen in basically in a circumstance where you're doing um, lots of reps at a medium weight. So CrossFitters mm-hmm. are very much engaged in metabolic stress situations as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. though they definitely use muscle tension exercises too, like a five-by-five five deadlift is right. going to be more based on muscle tension for growth right. than it is for metabolic stress. So metabolic stress on the muscle when you're doing high reps, medium to low weight, uh, you're causing a swelling of the muscle, which helps to contribute to muscle growth without without necessarily increasing the size of the muscle cells themselves. Mm-hmm. So your muscle not, might not necessarily be becoming stronger in relationship to the swelling that it looks like it's becoming. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so that's because of the glycogen. That increased glycogen, yeah, which you're not going to see as much of if you don't drink water. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? right. So bodybuilders know this. They know that hydration is a huge part of yep. that in inducing that swelling, yep. which will give them that that bulging look, mm-hmm. that large muscle, well defined look, um, is mu- muscle glycogen, but also lots of hydration, so that that swelling can continue to occur right. and be a you know a part of the muscle growth. And if you look at um, bodybuilders who are getting ready for like a photo shoot or something, they often will do a water cut, right? So that they're really dehydrating themselves. They're losing losing that last bit of fat, and they're getting um, the water out of the rest of their system. And then right before a shoot, then they'd be doing that pump, yeah. And they'd be hydrating, yes, to, to be pumping up a now rehydrated muscle without the water really affecting the rest of their system, right? Crazy. So yeah, so right. it's, it's for looks, yeah, not necessarily health. Exactly, and hydration and muscle glycogen that helps to swell the muscle, but also helps uh, the connective tissue grow. Mm-hmm. So it it essentially expands and makes room for that swelling. That type of growth, in case you're curious, mm. is called sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. Oh, I love that. Um, and that is, a lot of times you'll see bodybuilders with very large defined biceps yeah. that can't necessarily bench 325 like that powerlifter can. Right. Um, but they look the way that they want to look. 
CrossFit athletes also use metabolic stress to build their muscles. High rep cycling of the same movements creates metabolic stress on the muscle. And one of the ways that that happens is through something called the size principle, Mm. where the smaller slow twitch fibers that you recruit during your first muscular activity of the day will basically fatigue. And in order to continue to do those movements, you'll have to use larger fast twitch muscle fibers, which will then help you promote fatigue of the slow and fast twitch muscle fibers and improve the function of both of them. Can you give an example of what that might look like? Yeah, well, if you're going to do one back squat, Mm -hmm. you're going to be using the smaller slow twitch fibers, which are very important for maintaining muscle tension. Um, And if you're going to do one back squat followed by 50 more, Mm -hmm. then your slow twitch muscle fibers will become fatigued and you won't be able to use them as well and you'll have to start to use your fast switch muscle fiber mm. which will help you do more in the long run right so that that is like what uh, one of the things that crossfit is is based on is <clears throat> being able to activate both types of responses yep um but you you wouldn't be able to use your slow twitch muscle fiber to the same extent over the duration of that many reps you would just kind of crumble if you tried to do your max lift Mm. more than once (laughs) it's max for a reason (laughs) yeah exactly so you have to do lower weight yeah um but that's why like even when you're warming up you know and you do like your first five wall balls you feel pretty good and then after like 10 you start to feel fatigue that then goes away Mm -hmm. that i think is where you that comes from also like just blood pumping through your system faster can help move things around (sighs) drink that beet juice yeah Exactly, exactly. Your your body sort of kicks into gear yeah. after warming up a little bit. But, yeah. Um, there's definitely some of that to this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that lactate element that we talked about, like the idea of lactic acid in the system, there there is a correlation between, or I should say a cause causative factor between um, the accumulation of lactate in the system and metabolic stress. Mm-hmm. So there's... Metabolic stress has lots of things that, like, basically lots of factors that contribute to it. Mm -hmm. But maybe the two that we're most interested in as CrossFit athletes is that idea of high rep work and then um, the accumulation of lactic acid. Basically, lactate acts as an osmolite. So many good words. Yeah, I know, which attracts fluid to the muscle cell. Okay. So... When lactate acid, lactic acid is present, it's going to pull water towards it. Mm-hmm. going to pull fluid into the muscle, which causes the sensors in the cell to per- perceive a threat <sighs> to their integrity. Watch out! Right. Which will increase... We're getting swole. Wait. Yeah, increase their muscle growth. Yeah. So anytime you cause a stressor to your muscle, you're going to be able to increase the size. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's a limit to that, whereas when rhabdo comes into play... Can you, um, uh, yeah, once again, rhabdo. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're if you're causing the kind of un, like if you do 200 pull-ups in a row, you might cause rapid muscle breakdown to occur, like in your biceps, mm-hmm. for example. And what is rhabdo short short for? Rapid muscle breakdown, rhabdomyolysis, oh, rapid okay. muscle breakdown. Cool. Um, so you want muscle breakdown, but you don't want it to be happening out of control. Mm-hmm. You don't want your body to respond to the stressor in the way that it's like, help me. Right. Hell. Yeah. But you you won't have to worry about that if you're not 
if you're doing like a medium amount of reps at a medium or lightweight. And you probably put some hopefully recovery into yeah. play too. Yeah, and afterwards. hopefully a great coach too. Yeah. So that that's the biggest difference between powerlifters and bodybuilders and crossfitters. Powerlifters primarily use muscle tension to increase muscle, muscle size and strength. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, bodybuilders primarily use metabolic stress. So they're using like high rep hypertrophy style training to cause swelling in their muscles. Powerlifters are using slow overload to increase the tension and capacity of their muscle, mm. which will grow it size-wise, but will increase strength faster. Right, right. Crossfitters use both. Cool. Yeah. But if you want to look one certain way, <laughs> you should consider adding some um, metabolic stress practices into your work. So some ways you can do that are to do muscle isolation exercises. Ah. Single leg, single arm work. Um, bicep curls, mm-hmm. f- flies, those types of things that focus on one or two smaller muscle areas at a lighter weight for high, high reps. Right. That's going to increase the amount of metabolic stress that you put on a smaller muscle group versus like doing a squat. That's going to – that's more of a focus on – um, muscle tension because you have to recruit so many large muscle groups and yeah. your smaller group muscle groups are recruited with those larger muscles versus isolated in an isolated way. Right. So it's an, a more efficient use of your time versus these kind of extra add-on moves that you can be doing where you're really targeting one muscle in particular. Yeah, and they can help too. I mean, those supplementary things, we've talked about supplementary stuff before. Yeah. Um, but those supplementary exercises, like when we talked about strict strength, they will help you activate the smaller muscle groups, which will help you activate your larger muscle groups anyway Mm -hmm. but um just purely for looks and size metabolic stress is going to contribute to a larger muscle a larger looking muscle right than than tension will right by itself so doing both that's why crossfitters look the way that they look because um like a and they might not lift as much weight as an olympic weightlifter they can't snatch as much as an olympic weightlifter but they might look more defined and have larger muscles Mm -hmm. um like protruding abs yeah like giant calves and quads oh and biceps and yeah. stuff because they're doing super high rep stuff on top of their just their muscle tension exercises. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> does that make sense? Sure does. Yeah. Okay. Great. That's the biggest thing. Then the other thing I was just going to mention is that um, you should think about range of motion mm-hmm. when you're thinking about strength versus appearance. Mm-hmm. So if you place tension on your muscle by stretching it passively, so without letting it contract, like if you, okay, for example, if you if you do a good morning, mm-hmm. you put a barbell or a weight on your back, and then you bend at the hip so that your hamstrings are tense mm. in a passive way. They're not contracting right. in order to stand you up. That's That's a passive way of... Stressing your muscle. It sounds very similar to sloga. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> but that type of tension is called passive elastic tension. It's a mm. feeling that you might have like right before you pull a deadlift off the floor. Right, right. When you, when you are actively um, putting stressors on the muscles that are fully extended. Yeah. And then if you place tension on a muscle that is by flexing it as hard as you can through an isometric contraction so like through pulling something in Mm -hmm. um that's called active tension 
when you do weight when you lift weights through a full range of motion your body is the muscles are placed under both passive and active tension mm. so wow. if you're just doing like isolated good mornings then you're really thinking about using that idea of passive tension in your hamstrings if you're doing like a deadlift you're doing both right. types of tension on your muscles so if you're thinking about growing your muscles for strength you should always consider full range of motion because mm -hmm. that's going to help you access both passive and active types of tension but if you want to focus on either improving one of those areas like if you have a hard time getting the bar uh, one inch off the floor when you're doing a deadlift mm -hmm. or you tend to like collapse at the bottom of a squat when you're when some of your muscles are in, t in passive tension, then then you should focus on one area. Right. But if you want to be stronger overall, you have to have both at the same time. So large movements, full range of motion movements. Yeah. And pretty much like most things you do are going to be that way. Mm -hmm. Squatting, deadlifting, bench press, stuff that requires you to move a load over a long range. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, and then if you want to just build those muscles for their appearance, you have to. You might have to limit the range of motion mm -hmm. in a weird way. Huh. Sorry to say, <laughs> you might focus just on the contraction or just on the extension, just on the, just on adding tension when your muscles are relaxed, and just on adding tension when your muscles are contracted. Sure. So sometimes you'll see like bodybuilders would do, like a bicep curl, where they'll do like seven reps in a really short range of motion mm -hmm. and then they'll go to 90 degrees and do like seven more reps there and yeah. then they'll go full range of motion for seven reps so they're trying to activate different channels yeah. of tension yeah full contraction all the way through full range of motion where there's some some uh, passive tension there mm -hmm. so if you want to look big and bulgy <laughs> then things you should add into your routine are metabolic stress low weight high rep Isolation exercises, some of those exercises could be at less than a full range of motion. Cool. If you're looking to just get strong and you don't care about the appearance, then full range of motion exercises with maximal tension using the overload principle will really help you. If you want a little bit of both, hey, you're probably like a normal person <laughs> and you can get a little bit of both. Yeah. CrossFit kind of adds that in pretty naturally to the programming mm -hmm. but if you're like someone who predominantly does powerlifting you can add in a little bit of this bodybuilding stuff to help you yeah i mean the chinese olympic weightlifting team does a ton of bodybuilding mm. and their weightlifters actually look much more like defined and ripped yeah. than other weightlifters might look yeah and they usually take gold <laughs> well 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 so i'm just saying what do you know i'm just saying you don't have to have one without the other yeah but you should know about both yeah Totally. Okay. What's a, it's the right tool for the right job. What's your what challenge? Oh, okay. My challenge for you mm -hmm. is to try, because I doubt that you do a lot of uh, isolation exercises. I'm starting to now that I have joined the powerlifting team. Dope. So within the last two weeks, okay, I have. That's great. So <laughs> I want you to, and this could go for anyone else too, I want you to pick even one isolation exercise. So. Yep. Like go with the bicep curl. You can go with a single leg squat like a pistol. Mm -hmm. And I want you to try um, 10 reps at a full range of motion and 10 reps at a less than full range of motion. Cool. Can do. Or you can even do a superset. Classic bodybuilding style mm. superset. As many dang reps as you dang can uh, before you just fry the dang. heck out. Dang. Yeah. Get that And just tell fry. me what you notice about it. Okay. 
Yes. Will do. Great. Great. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot of Metabolic good stuff. Metabolic stress, muscle tension, passive tension. Muscles and muscles. Y'all got that? Yeah. Write it down. Write it down. <laughs> Go do your homework. Listening to our other episodes. Overload hydration hypertrophy. Even. hypertrophy this you know you could just go back and then by the time you got back to this episode you'd be able to say everything we say before we say it yeah just saying star student you you know <laughs> what we would love is for you to follow us on social media facebook twitter okay that's it <laughs> facebook comma Twitter as well. <laughs> we want you to follow us on there. We also would love if you wrote us in iTunes review yeah. so other people can find out about us. Yeah. Share us with someone on their birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Is that weird? No. Happy birthday. Here's a podcast you might like. Yeah. We would really appreciate it. Get those ear listens in. Mm-hmm. Hear our voices. Mm-hmm. And then write us a review. Exactly. Beautiful. Um, and tune in next week because we're going to be talking about poop. Oh, my favorite. With a poop expert. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you better listen up. She's a bomb. I'm Next excited. <laughs> All about that poop. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks always, Taj Ruler, for being the golden ray of sunshine that peeks out through the clouds mm. on a stormy day. Yeah. And uh, thanks to Noise Picnic for being our family. Thanks, Noise Picnic. Yay. Yay. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next time on Zulconicast. Zulconicast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit sulcanacast.libsim.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at sulcanafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcana CrossFit. See you there.